Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 26 of Upon Further Review. I'm Evan Grant. I'm Kevin Sherrington. I'm Barry Horn. And most importantly, he's Buster Olney from ESPN, baseball reporter extraordinaire. Insider. Somebody to actually talk baseball with instead of you football-loving fools. Wow, that's a (laughs) shot. How are you, Buster? I'm doing great. Fired up, guys. What's going on? Well, I, we seem to have a little bit of a, a actual pennant race here in the great state of Texas. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, absolutely. In fact, I you know I told my son whose fantasy team was filled with Falcons last night. I told him I said I'm sorry. I can watch the first hour with you, but then I'm going to watch the Astros and the Rangers. So that was my Monday night, and it'll be my Tuesday night as well. So, are you? You know, I think at some point in time when MLB and the Rangers and Astros and everybody signed off on the uh, on the switch that brought Houston to the American League West, they were hoping that there would be meaningful baseball between these two teams. Are you surprised that we're seeing it this quickly? I don't think that I expected uh, the Astros to rise uh, this much this quickly. Um, you know, when they took over first place, I mean, I, I picked the Mariners to, to win the American League. So that tells you where my mind was. Uh, I'm less surprised about the Rangers just because, and Evan, I remember seeing you uh, at the beginning of May when the Rangers came to New York. And just being around that team, it had such a great feel um, with the players and you know, Jeff Bannister taking over and, and Prince Fielder coming back from his injury issues last year. You just got the sense early in the year that the Rangers are going to be a team that was going to get better and better, uh, especially as they got some of their injured pitchers back. Buster, do you have a feel now? Uh, and, and by the way, I just let you off the hook on that. I, I didn't pick the Mariners to, to win the league, but I did pick them to win the West. So, you know, we're all sorry about the Mariners, especially I'll just, Nelson Cruz. I'll just echo that. I had the Mariners, too. Yeah. I had the Rangers. Oh, Shut right. up, Barry. <laughs> yeah, not. whatever. He did not. Yeah, Homer. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, so, but but anyway, at this point now, recasting everything, how do you see the American League playing out? Completely wide open. Uh, you know, I, I talked to Evan earlier today, and I mentioned to him, I'm kind of toying with the idea, because I do believe the Rangers are going to win the division, because I, I think the experience of Texas is manifesting itself. You know, and we saw that last night. The Rangers are basically filled uh, with their lineup and – you know, the pitching staff were filled with guys who've been in the World Series before, and on the other side of the field, it, it feels like they're playing a bunch of teenagers. Um, and, and with all due respect, you know, George Springer and Carlos Correa are going to have great futures, but I think the Rangers are going to finish this off, and they're going to win the division. And at that point, when you look at the landscape of the American League right now, you know, the Yankees are having all kinds of problems uh, putting together their rotation because of injuries, and they got some older guys. Mark Teixeira's hurt. You look at the Blue Jays. They just lost Troy Tulowitzki, and yes, their hope is that he's going to be back at the end of the regular season. We don't know exactly what he's going to bring. I just saw the Kansas City Royals over the weekend in Baltimore. Johnny Cueto is a mess. Uh, He's getting pounded, and their rotation looks like it could be an issue. And so as I'm looking at the American League right now, I'm looking at the Rangers who just seem to, you know, just gradually get better and better and better and deeper and deeper during the course of this year. I think they have a legitimate shot, and I don't think there really is a strong favorite to come out of the American League. There's a theory among some people here in, in Dallas that the Rangers might be better off being the wild card team, playing the Yankees, yeah. and then, well, I'm just saying, your friend, Evan, I think this is Evan Grant's theory. What, how, do you, how do you feel about that? 
Absolutely not. <laughs> and all I'm going to do is go back to uh, a, a conversation I had with Jake Peavy before the National League wildcard game last year. Uh, he said to me, so, you know what, the best team in the National League right now is the Pittsburgh Pirates. And if this was a, a, you know, a long series, he said, we probably would be in trouble. But if we can win this one game, and they had Bumgarner pitching in that game, he said, you know what, we'll, we'll take our chances. But the Pirates are the best team now. So you don't want to be that team that plays Russian roulette with a one-game wild card. You want to avoid that as much as possible. I think right now, and I actually, among the many stupid picks I made, I had the Pirates winning the World Series this year, but if they're in a one-game wild card and they have to play Jake Arrieta in that game, you you just don't know if they're going to get through that. So I think it would absolutely behoove the Rangers to win the division. It'll put them in a better position going forward. Now, Buster, the the argument on my side of this is – if you end up with the wild card and you even if you beat the Yankees in that wild card, you've got a date waiting there with potentially with Toronto. I, I, I'm sorry. Kansas if City. you win the division, you've got a date right now with Toronto. That could change based on the Kansas City situation. But for me, the Rangers facing Toronto, the Rangers haven't hit left-handed pitching all year. The, the, the Blue Jays are going to run at you with Price and Burley to start any series. The Rangers are are filled with left-handed starting pitching, and the Blue Jays crush left-handed pitching. I know it gets you three chances, but does that at all sway you that this is just not a good matchup for the Rangers? Well, and you're going to know that better better than I would, Evan, because you're seeing that play out every day. I mean, it's clear from Jeff Bannister's decision to play Mike Napoli in left field. He's probably seeing the same thing that you are. Um, but I think from my view of 30,000 feet on this, uh, I see a Blue Jays team that I think is going to be greatly diminished by the loss of Tulowitzki because he's improved them so much defensively. And look, I mean, David Price is tremendous. Uh, but I feel like that over the course of a, you know, a five-game series, I'm taking my chances with that. And I don't want to just leave it up to one game where one bad inning, one mistake, can basically blow up your season. As I say, I mean, the Giants last year were literally the lowest seed in the National League, and because of one game pitched by Madison Bumgarner, that propelled them forward, and it took down the team that might have been the best team in the National League last year. All right, going back to the decision to play Mike Napoli in left field, here in Dallas, that was a little controversial, uh, the fact that you would put him out there, and of course it didn't look really good when he came in and that ball clanked off his glove. What was your opinion of that decision? Well, before he answers, here in Dallas being the cyber world where people <laughs> sat back and took one shot after another a week ago when they were taking one shot after another for the running out, Drew Stubbs and Ryan Strasberger. I'm sorry, Buster. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, and I sent out, when he muffed that ball last night, I sent out a tweet, and, and I know what you guys are talking about because I got about 100 tweets back saying, how can they play Napoli in left field? What a disaster. What a stupid thing to do. And, and I, uh, I, I thought back, and it's sorry to always go back to the team that's won the World Series three times in five years, but you think back to how Bruce Bochy has handled the Giants in recent years, and he's the first one to make light of this. In 2010, in an effort to upgrade their offense, he ran Pat Burrell out in left field. He couldn't move at all. Uh, you know, he, he ran out last year Travis Ishikawa. He's played Mike Morse there. Uh, and, look, I, I think we can learn from, uh, you know, what we've seen in the Giants over the last five years that 
you know, you can devote one corner outfield spot to defense, especially when you have the attitude that Bannister has, which really runs parallel lines, uh, runs along a parallel path to what Bochy did, which is get this guy three at-bats. Yes, you're at risk, but maybe what he does in those three at-bats before you get him out for a defensive player is going to outweigh, uh, you know, any damage that he can do. I think it's the right decision. I think it's a really good idea, especially with the kind of damage that Napoli can do against lefties and, you know, what we've seen out of Mitch Moreland this year. But And, Buster, the only thing I would add to that, I think, is the addition oh, over those three at-bats, you also lengthen out the lineup. And when this team was at its best against left-handers, they were able to run Josh Hamilton out there in the five spot or the six spot. Now, when you run Napoli out there for three at-bats in, in against left-handers, you, you're able to drop Mitch Moreland to six. You've got Elvis Andrus, who is driving the ball better than he ever has, I, I think, in his career, seven. And Rugnet Odor, who has been a real plus offensively, hitting eighth. And, and he, I think it has impact on four or five players throughout the lineup as opposed to just that one spot. And I think that's what Jeff Bannister is, is thinking there, and you're seeing some results. Well, and that lineup is part of the reason why uh, and the experience they have and the type of the bats they have, uh, I think is part of the reason why this is such a dangerous team. Now, look, I, you know, you hope that Prince builds off of what he did last night and digs himself out of the slump. Evan, after I talked to you this morning, I looked it up. Sure, you know, I mean, he had only one home run in his previous 120 at-bats, and maybe he could push forward. You know, Beltre uh, has swung better of late. But assuming that those two guys are, you know, a positive force offensively going forward, you can match up this lineup against just about any team in the American League at this point, including the Blue Jays now that they don't have Tula Whiskey. Buster Olney of ESPN, I just want to say what a pleasure it is it was to have somebody, a professional, talk about baseball, somebody who knows what he's talking about, come in here and join us on this uh, podcast. And, Evan, you did tap out on the Rangers in the wild card, right? You're, you're, you're giving that up, that position? I just want to see them in the tournament, and then we'll see what happens. Okay. Buster, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Come back and see us. That was good. I, you know, what? how refreshing was that to have somebody who knows what they're talking about, about baseball, <laughs> talking to us? It was Barry, illuminating. Barry, let's face facts. Going through life the way you do, talking to anybody, you're getting a wealth of information. That's true. That's true about about anything. Well, let, let's keep this. Uh, I want to keep this Napoli thing up because you know I think it's very interesting. When when uh, when Jeff Bannister decided to do this, you know what I was all on board for it, uh, and, and and I still am because first of all, two games. How many plays has he had in left field? One, 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 one play in two games. First did game, not cost him a run. Did not cost him a run. Did cost Cole Hamill some extra pitches. Yes, it did. Okay. Yes, it Which did. may have played a role, who knows, in the seventh inning when he gave up a run. Plus, you've also got other guys you know, kicking balls around out Correct. there. It's not like he was the only guy clanking. Let's, let's make that point, too, that last night, I'm not making excuses for Napoli, but we saw Jed Lowry have trouble with a, with a pop-up in left in, in thir foul territory around third base. The wind was swirling. I noted that early in the afternoon that you had the south wind, which is the tricky wind in Arlington, and so it wasn't ideal conditions. That said, Napoli made a mistake in how he played that ball. He let it get below his eyes, and so when he had the glove up to catch it, he wasn't looking at the ball. This is one thing you always heard from Ron Washington, catch the ball up here so that you can see it into the glove. Um it did not cost the Rangers a run. On the other side, the Rangers have scored 17 runs 
in two consecutive games against left-handed pitching. And what and what's Napoli's line in those two? He had three walks in the first game, right? Uh, yeah, I think he just had one hit last night, one but it was a key night. hit. But I mean, it helped lead the, to the to the first run. And ha- and how confident are you watching Ryan Strasburger, Drew Stubbs, um, other numb nuts they're running out there in left field? <laughs> numb nuts! Wow. <laughs> here's to here's get, the thing about production. Here's the thing about Stubbs. Ryan Rua. Stubbs is a, is a veteran, and he's had some nice career numbers. But if you look at Drew Stubbs this year, and if you go back even further and look at it last year, he was playing in Colorado. Look at his numbers against left-handed pitching away from Colorado. He's one for 29 this year against lefties. Small sample, yeah. But last year, same thing. Take it away from Coors Field where a lot of cheap hits fall in because guys play so deep. The, the numbers were well below 200. Strasburger is an organizational guy who's done a great job. He's a nice defender, and he offers you the ability to be a defensive replacement, do some pinch running, he was never in this team's plans as a left fielder. Rua had his chance early in the year, got hurt, came back, had another chance, didn't succeed. This is a situation of desperation against left-handed pitching. Desperation means sometimes you have to take risks, and that's what they're doing. Sure. Let me, let me talk about right-handed pitching, and let's bring up the performance of a Ranger right-handed pitcher. Uh, I think it was Friday night, Colby Lewis. Were you surprised? Very surprised. Um, until I, I talked with Chris Jimenez after uh, after the game on You're Friday. Such a name dropper. Um, Jimenez had worked with Colby in Anaheim the week before, and he felt like he had really done Colby a disservice, particularly against the back end of the Angels lineup that ended up causing him so much trouble. Uh, he got a little too cute, and he worked away from the slider, which is Colby's bread and butter. Uh, last time out. He stuck with the slider, didn't didn't pitch backwards at all for Colby, uh, and you saw those two guys get in sync, and Colby was just masterful. I also I also think that the last three starts, the results over the last three starts, had really kind of cut to the core of, 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 of who Colby was. He knows that this may be his last shot to go to the postseason. He knows this that this is uh, how precious this is. And I think, again, we've seen this time and time again with Colby Lewis. This is a guy who, if anybody's going to will himself to uh, above-average performance, it's this guy. He's got that kind of mentality and approach. I think this guy will be back in the rotation next year. Oh, I think there's, I think there's a very strong possibility that that I would, I would lay odds that there's a much better shot that Colby Lewis is in this rotation to start the 2016 season than there is that Giovanni Gallardo is. Absolutely. Oh no. Well, let, let me go back. Sucker bet. Before we go, I want to say one You'll last. I want to say one last thing about this whole Napoli deal. Then, then oh I'll my! Say anything more about it because here, here was the thing that, that struck me last night reading all the tweets and, and from some people who who know what they're talking about or think they know what they're well, talking about. But there were there were is that what is the reason why people Buster other baseball people are saying that maybe the rain, maybe the Astros are not going to make it. Lack of experience. Lack of experience. Right. So. We want to put a guy in a position here in crunch time, yes. a Ryan Rua, a, a Ryan Strasburger. No. We want to put them in a position in crunch time against a veteran, a guy like Mike Napoli. To me, the only problem with Mike Napoli playing left field, I, for myself, is that I, I don't want him to get hurt. D- d- does he get out there running around on that bad hip? Is that going to be a problem for him? But to me, that's that's the only issue I have with it. This is what it comes down to is every question that I, I dealt with on social media last night was 
give me the better options. And people would say, well, what about Strasburger? What about Stubbs? They've had the chance. This is a pennant race with a limited number of games. You don't have two weeks to get these guys going. They have not gotten it going in their small, limited sample size. The Rangers have been – they got one hit for seven innings by Vidal Nuno, a guy with a 3-17 and career record last week. This team had been absolutely smothered by left-handed pitching on the last road trip. They were in a situation where maybe you had to play and say, we're going to sacrifice some defense early in the game to try and get a lead. Sure. Then we can go to defense. Sometimes that's what you have to do. And there's no there's there's no formula for a manager there. Some of it's got to be done by feel. I thought that Jeff Bannister did what he needed to do to try and get some offense going. And the minute he had an opportunity, even last night, had Moreland not homered in the sixth inning after Napoli's at bat, Bannister was taking Napoli out of the game. It was a one-run game. He wasn't going to risk it anymore. Hamels wasn't going to be going that much deeper because of that. Hamels is such a guy, such a good command guy. You know, if they say we, we want to keep the ball away from the left side of the field, Cole can do a pretty good job of controlling that. And so I think he factored all that in. For anybody here to suggest that Jeff Bannister is just throwing things out willy-nilly is is beyond out of touch but, but to me. Th- th- that's what social media is all about. People sitting in their living rooms, sitting in their underwear, on their couch, second-guessing. sounds like me at the game. Second-guessing, third-guessing. Can you tweet a photo of that? No. Tonight. You but know, it, one of the things about, about Jeff Bannister that I, that I really do like about him, well, there are several things I like about him, but one of the things I like is that he's he, from he, Houston. He, no, no, he's, yeah, from, he's from Lamarck, actually. He's not from Houston. Oh, okay. Is, is there are, uh, he's a numbers guy, and there's no question about it. He checks his numbers. He knows all the analytics, right? But he's also, every once in a while, he says, hey, let's, let's try something a little different. Let's, let's go a little different. This is the thing that sets Jeff Bannister apart, along with this group that includes Clint Hurdle and Joe Madden, and I think you're seeing with Kevin Cash and, and with, with Joe Girardi even. These are guys who not only embrace the numbers, okay, who embrace the analytics, but also understand the dynamics of a clubhouse, understand that sometimes you have to go against – uh, what on raw pay, on paper would say raw percentages because of the situation that you may be facing. I, I think that nobody, if you watch Jeff Bannister, as I do in the, in the glimpses I get in the clubhouse, you see the reams of paperwork that he goes through. Nobody has, has played out every scenario more than he has. And this guy is not just saying, well, I'm throwing up my arms. I'm throwing Napoli out there. He is saying this is a guy who can hit left-handed pitching. This is we have a shortened up lineup without him. We have given our other right-handed hitters. Plus, you're taking Mitch Moreland out of the lineup to get him in, and Mitch has been hitting well lately. Right, and there are people who would say, well, Mitch hasn't hit very well against left-handers either. I would still tell you. Go look at the right-handed options that the Rangers have other than Napoli. Look at their OPS against left-handed pitching, and I'll take Mitch Moreland, who has been this team's most consistent offensive player from day one. All right, I'm I, good with all that. I have nothing more to say, so I think we should say goodbye. That's it, Barry? You're done? I'm done. Wait a minute. We have, to, we have two weeks left in this baseball season. Do the Rangers win the division? Indubitably. I think there. I think there's no. I think there's no. What is, is that like? Is that is that like next door to Dubai? 
Yeah, I, no, I, I think like you look at it. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure the Astros have enough experience to win the Little League World Series at, at this point. Wow. Uh, you know, there, there's plenty of talent coming, and in the next couple of years, it, it, it'll be really, really hard. The Rangers need to take what they can get. They can get. They can win the uh, AL West this season. They need to do it, and they will do it. I don't think it is a question for me of experience with the Astros at this point. Because Carlos Correa is a once-in-a-generation oh. type player. Altuve is an incredibly hard-nosed, get-the-most-out-of-your-ability player. There's a lot of talent there. What I do think is a factor here in the last couple of weeks is fatigue. This is a team that— Well, that comes with the experience. Some of it though. does come with experience. Right. Thank you, Caleb. But, but particularly if you look at the rotation, I still wonder what the rotation is going to do in the final 10 games of the season— when you've got Keuchel well past his career high in innings, McHugh well past his career high in innings, Kazmir looking fatigued because he's going well over what he's previously done, and you look at the Rangers on the other hand, you've got Derek Holland, who's the freshest arm in the league. You've got Cole Hamels well in his range, his typical range. And even though Martin Perez has been inconsistent, you're seeing a guy who's got a fresh arm and – that not a lot of the opponents that he's seeing right now have seen him. Kevin, your thoughts? Division. Rangers win? Yes? No? Yes, Rangers win. And and, and mostly just because the Rangers have had the Astros number all year, here and in Houston. Uh, and so why would that be different now? Yeah, they are 9-4. and four. There's six more games. If it, What is important also is if the Rangers win one of these last six against the Astros, obviously you're you're expecting them to win more than that. But if they do, then they hold a tiebreaker. The two teams tie for the division title or for a wild card. The playoff game, the play-in game, would be in Arlington. That's significant, too. And your prediction? My prediction at this point is that the Rangers win. I just think that this is a team that's got, right now, a a very good bullpen. Um, I think it's a better bullpen than Houston's got. I think it's got a fresher rotation than Houston has. And, and I think that what we've seen the last couple days – the two guys who have been issues over the last month, Beltre and Fielder, are having better at-bats, better approaches, uh, and, and hitting the ball with a little bit more authority. Even before last night and before Sunday when Beltre had the two home runs and last night when Prince had two hits, both Dave Magadan and, and, and Jeff Bannister had told me that they were seeing the, the, the batted ball velocities kind of creep up a little bit for both guys and that they thought that both guys had made some adjustments. Was that wishful thinking at that point? Who knows? But we've seen some results the last few okay, days. Okay, and let me ask you. I'd be, I wouldn't be doing my my duty if I didn't ask you this. Are the Angels dead? There's no way they're coming back, coming from third? The Angels are dead. Kevin? Wow, Angels. Yeah, I'm, I, the, the Twins are the competition for the other wild cards. No, no, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about in, the, in, the, in the West. Uh, I'm talking about. To win about, the West? Yeah. They're no. four games out. No. No. I okay. think the Angels are dead. I do think Kevin brings up a good point. I think that right now the two teams in the American League that are playing the best baseball are the Rangers and the Minnesota Twins. Wouldn't put it surprise me for the Twins to end up with the second wild card, knocking the Astros completely out, and I think the Twins are a dangerous team. Yes, they are. Well, talking ball with you guys was a great experience today. We we're terrific. Thank you, Evan, for bringing Buster Olney on, and I want to say thank you very much. What do you want to say, Kevin? Goodbye. And I will say goodbye, and we will speak to you next week, and who knows what surprises we'll have for you. For Upon Further Review, I'm Evan Grant. I'm Kevin Sherrington. I'm Barry Horn. Good night. Adios.